resourcefulness is a habit. I mean, in my opinion, it's a habit. It's not, you know, something you're born with. It's not a trait that you're born with. To me, it's a habit. You have to practice over and over. Problem, what are the solutions that I can figure out to address this problem? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Get It podcast. I'm your host, Austin Meyer. As always, joined by Hunter Gorski, but not always in person. Live in person, baby. Live in person for the second episode in a row out here in New Jersey. And if you're new here on this show, we share stories and lessons that are inspiring us on our journey to go get it and hopefully inspiring you as well. Couple of quick announcements at the top of the show before we get into it. The first is if you are looking to get more involved in the Go Get It community, we have a super fun private community building on the video sharing app Marco Polo. If you want to get an invite to that group, reach out to us at Go Get It Pod on Instagram, or you can email me personally at AustinMeyerFilms at gmail.com. Second announcement, if you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts after you listen, it's helpful for us. It's helpful for us to spread the word, get the show out there. As you know, it's tough to get podcasts heard. It's tough to get them seen. And we're trying our best. And the best resource is you all who are listening and enjoying the show. So if you're enjoying, consider leave a rating and review or sharing with a friend. We, we would really appreciate that. Now, today... On the podcast, Hunter is going to be sharing a story that really inspired him recently about the importance of resourcefulness and making resourcefulness a habit. I'm interested to hear more about that one, Hunter. So let's get right into it, and I'm going to pass it off to my brother. What's up? Hunter Gorski. What is up, everybody? Yeah, so um, this is is a a story I came across recently listening to How I Built This, a podcast by Guy Raz. I don't know. do Do you listen to any of those episodes? I don't listen to that show but i'm familiar with it and guy raz is a beast i think yeah. he does the ted radio hour as well i mean yeah he's yeah, his show is right up my alley as an entrepreneur so if you don't listen to that give it a, give it a check so it's, a, it's about how people started their companies right correct yeah, yeah like people who have built some really special big awesome brands and companies uh he interviews them and like gets their story and so cool. one of the one of the um people that he had on was a guy named joe gebbia who was the founder of airbnb mm-hmm. which everybody today knows airbnb right but at one time this was like a really um novel idea that they had it wasn't so typical at the time like you know it wasn't normal to let somebody else stay oh. in your house yeah and for you to like go seek out somebody's house to stay in. So um, you can imagine that, uh, you know, convincing people or bringing people around to this idea took some time and took some resources. And so he's on the show um, with with, with Guy Raz and and, uh, at a certain point of the interview, he recalls something um, that entrepreneurs describe as the trough of sorrow, which um, which is this point in time where there's like not a product market fit. So he has this awesome idea. He has this awesome product, in his opinion, Airbnb, um, where you're able to go and rent people's, you know, you're, you're able to go rent people's houses and stay there for brief periods of time or apartments or whatever. And it's just not taking off yet. Like people just aren't ready for that yet. And so um, it wasn't quite matching up. And so he talks about how at this particular time, they were going through it. Him and his, co- him and his co-founder, they accrued $10,000 in credit card debt each. Yikes. They didn't have a product market fit. So they were kind of stagnating a little bit. And um, they were almost down and out. 
And he tells the story. So obviously they have an obstacle in their hands. They have a big problem that they need to overcome. Mm -hmm. And so he tells an amazing story that really struck me um, about one of the key ingredients in being an entrepreneur, but also I think just a key ingredient in just, you know, getting through life, which is being resourceful, coming up with problem, coming up with solutions to problem and overcoming obstacles. Um, and anytime you, you know, approach those obstacles, just immediately saying, okay, okay, cool. But how do I get around this? Or how do I fix this? Or how do I address this? And so he, he, he tells the story on how they go from $20,000 in in credit, in credit, in credit debt that they need to pay off. Um, and, uh, and get out of that and ultimately go on to establish what we now know as Airbnb because we all know the story. So they're sitting around him and his co-founder two o'clock in the morning one or one, one night and they're brainstorming, like how, what can we do to get out of this? Like, and it can't be through Airbnb because that's not working right now. Right. (laughs) So like they need it, like, how can we bridge the gap here? And so they were messing around with this idea of doing bed and breakfast, like as, as an appeal of staying in an Airbnb is that you get bed and breakfast and they were riffing on this breakfast idea. And this was all around the time of the upcoming election between president soon to be president Barack Obama and John McCain. Okay. And so they said, I got it. They're like, let's make breakfast cereal okay and neither of them knew anything about how to make cereal right so that's right. problem number one yeah um and then they didn't have any money so that's another problem mm-hmm. and so they they did know that they they needed two things in order to actualize this idea and and, and uh, you know have it have it make revenue or some potential or anything and so um the first thing is that they would need cereal and the yep. second thing is that they're going to need a box Okay. And so, um, foregoing the cereal part, they decide, okay, we need to find an illustrator. They found an illustrator that they liked. And I think one of them had some like, you know, creative inclinations and they're decent with like, um, design stuff. And so they went to an illustrator and the illustrator, they couldn't pay him. So he was basically (laughs) like, he was like, listen, like I'll take a commission off of each box that you sell, but I'm only making 500 of these. Okay. And they were like, okay, fine. So let's make 500 of them. Mm-hmm. And they basically said like, now we have a limited edition. Like there's only 500 of these boxes are going to be made. And therefore, theoretically, if people desired this, it would be in higher demand. Okay. And so they'd be able to charge more for each one of these cereal boxes as like a collector's item, basically. Okay. And then and how, so, did, how does it play into the election? How did that, I didn't, I missed that part. So it's all, that's, that's great. So it's all like, they, they, they decided they were going to make politically inspired cereal. Gotcha, which gotcha, is, I should gotcha. have mentioned that part earlier It's all on. good. It's all good. So they were going to call them Obama O's and Cap'n McCain's. <laughs> okay. And, and so that was the whole premise of it. And they were trying to like, you know, hit hit the timing of the election right. as, you know, as a collector's item, something like people would be interested in and and whatever. They were just coming up with this idea and seeing if it would go anywhere. So they got the, the, they got the boxes designed. They got 500 of these boxes made. They actually just took cereal out of other cereal boxes and put it into their boxes, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And they had a cereal. And what they decided to do was they sent 100 boxes Mm -hmm. to uh, like news stations, to like people at news stations. And it ended up being a hit. Like these people got a hold of it. They loved it. It got them some like really good attention from these different news outlets, from these different news outlets. Wow. And, uh, it, and they sold out of the 500 boxes and they sold them at $40 a pop. And so they made the $20,000 back. They paid off their debt. And soon after that, they ended up um, meeting with one of their mentors who mentioned Y Combinator to them. And that kind of bridged the gap to get into Y Combinator. And if you know the Airbnb story, 
uh, the rest is kind of history from there. They get into Y Combinator, which is an accelerator platform mm. and get some resources and then boom. Yeah. And mm. uh, wow. I just, I this story was the perfect example to me of when you're resourceful, like you, you'll always find a way. Mm. You'll come up with solutions and you'll find a way. They had an obstacle. They didn't have money. They come up with a solution. We'll sell, we'll sell cereal. They don't know how to sell cereal, problem, solution. We'll use some other cereal and we'll get an illustrated design a box. Right. Every step of the way, they had these little problems that they had to overcome and they just figured out how they were going to navigate around it or get through it. Mm. And it's just a perfect example of being resourcefulness, be, being resourceful to me. And I, I'm curious, what's your take kind of on, what's your take on, on that story in general and, and on about, um, you know, on about being resourceful? Well, the first, the first thing that pops into my head, and we've talked about this off air to each other is this idea of like being an overnight success and how it's so easy from the outside to get lulled into this idea that anyone who's successful just like did it overnight. Yep. Like they had the idea and then it was just like, boom, skyrocket. Or someone who's a professional athlete or an amazing artist that they were just born that way. And I love hearing these these stories like this of just people scrapping and clawing their way. That's a scrap and claw if I've ever seen it. <laughs> making cereal, like stealing cereal out of other boxes <laughs> as like the foundation for a company that's been so glo globally transformational like Airbnb. And then the other part that strikes me is that, you know, these are entrepreneurs who clearly have the mindset of like, even big obstacles won't stand in our way. And I can imagine that, you know, the obstacles that they're facing, like when you're $20,000 in debt and you have a company that is not generating any revenue, like that's a massive obstacle. Yeah. And there's no doubt that they're facing obstacles like that at just a bigger scale today. And so I think that these type of entrepreneurs were practicing this skill set probably from when they were like little kids to then to when they were $20,000 in debt to now, which is that anytime a barrier is going to be placed in my way, I don't see that barrier as something that's just going to make me quit. I don't see that barrier as something that's going to make me turn around. I see it as a challenge. I see it as a creative constraint. This is something that I learned in the field of improvisation and in design and filmmaking is when you have constraints, it often can generate more creativity mm. uh, because you have to, you can leverage that constraint to like think in a way that you normally wouldn't when everything is possible to you. Right. And so I think that they did that in such a, fun and yeah, hilarious way here they Coming used, off the last episode they made a memory didn't they they, they definitely <laughs> they definitely made a memory so uh, yeah so that's what i think about in terms of resourcefulness and and i appreciate them seeing that constraint not as something that was going to tear them down but something that they could actually they could actually overcome yeah and do you have do you have like a story from your personal life where where you had to be resourceful anything that sticks out to you yeah i one story that sticks out to me and as a documentary filmmaker, as a lot of young artists out there, you're facing these barriers all the time. And you have to be so resourceful when it comes to finding money for your projects, when it comes to getting your projects seen. 
One that stands out for me was when I was doing a a documentary project in Zambia and I was on a grant from National Geographic. National Geographic gave me $5,000, pretty much just cut me a check for $5,000. And this was a project that I was intending to be living in Southern Africa um, for five months. So if you look at plane tickets alone, you're already cutting into like, half the budget for a five month documentary project. So I knew that I was going to have to scrap and claw and be creative and resourceful to make that money go the furthest it could possibly go. Sure. So one of the big costs that I knew I would have as a documentarian out there was in this village where the main character who I was following needed to be filmed. It was going to take full days of driving to get there, to stay there, and come back. Mm. So the cost to constantly go out to this village for five months was going to be a lot for a driver. Similarly, I would also have to pay a cost that was pretty steep for a translator to come on those days. So I'm paying a taxi driver or a driver, and then I'm also paying a translator every single time. Yep. And that was starting to add up once I saw that at my like first or second visit out there. So here's a barrier. It's not $20,000 in debt on a credit card, sure. but it was a barrier. For sure. So the way that I came up with a solution to this was I found out that in Zambia, they have the, uh, a rideshare app like Uber, which is called Ulendo, uh-huh. which I believe in the language Nyanja means journey. So I started using Ulendo, and when I would get into cars, I would have conversations with the driver, and I would have conversations that really tested the driver's English. Because ah. what I was looking for is, can I find somebody who works as a driver, but also has really good English skills? <laughs> okay, you're doing a double here. <laughs> That's, I'm doing a double. <laughs> so I eventually got into the car of this one guy named Steven. And he was driving me somewhere. And in this, in that ride, I could tell his English was very good, both like listening to what I was saying, processing it, and then like speaking back to me. And so once I figured out he had good English, I was like, okay, I need to test how trustworthy he is. And so I had him drop me off somewhere and said like, okay, we're going to go outside of the app, but I want you to pick me up here at this time exactly right? to see if he would be trustworthy enough yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and would be willing to oh, go outside the app. You're testing him. And Steven came through for me and on his way, bringing me back to my house on that ride, I asked him how would he like like a regular job, like a day rate to bring me out to this village. But the catch was he had to be my translator for this project. <laughs> and for the next four months, Stephen became the driver and translator for every one of these visits out to this out to this village. Is he on the credits? And the uh, he is on the he's credits. He's on the credits. He <laughs> yes, the credits. he is. Yes, he is. As driver and as translator, uh, well, or just as translator. Just as translator. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I should credit a driver at the credits. But yeah. uh, but he, that was amazing, and and I think that was just like seeing a little bit of a problem, and then trying every every kind of solution. You know, there were probably things I tried in there that I'm not remembering at the very moment that were potential solutions to that problem but at at one point that one kind of clicked and i went with it i love it that's awesome thank you i absolutely love it and and that you know something that that i think about when it comes to the topic of resourcefulness which which i want to discuss with you is you know the idea that resourcefulness is a habit i mean in my opinion it's a habit it's not you know something you're born with it's not a trait that you're born with to me it's a habit you have to practice over and over problem what are the solutions that I can figure out to address this problem? And uh, I think probably too often 
we or people in general, we just, you know, we, we see a problem and we're just, we, we're lazy about it. We don't want to come up. We don't want to take the time to be deliberate about the solutions and practice coming up with, okay, you know, how can I navigate around that? I haven't, you know, it, almost like you said, right? Like you have this um, constraint, this barrier, but now you know exactly what it is that you need to work around. And so, um, I don't know, do you agree with the, with the notion that, that, re- that resourcefulness is a habit or do you think that it's something that, you know, people are just more inclined to be resourceful than other people are? I think it's definitely a habit. I think that if I can draw on a lesson from my background in improvisational theater, it's a, you know, we learn on the first day of class that in improv, we need to start seeing mistakes as gifts. Mm. So we need to start seeing when things go wrong as an opportunity for things to turn out better than we can ever imagine. And when you, when we, yeah. And when we, learn that in class like the first couple times that you get up on stage and you mess up it's like you turn away you put your hand over your face the scene kind of breaks down because we're used to like letting mistakes kind of uh cripple us sure and you'd even see like i just said people put their hand over their face or like turn away from the scene or, like, come down. exactly because they want to signal to everyone like i messed up and i'm going to punish myself yeah. to let you know that i feel bad so you won't punish me yep there's all these things that prevent us from actually having a cohesive and flowing scene so we need to practice seeing mistakes as gifts over and over and over again until once it becomes so habitual then you're getting on stage and when mistakes happen, everyone are like, great, that's a mistake. It's going to make the audience laugh as we try to pretend like we meant to do that. Yep. That's why improv is funny because you're constantly watching people make mistakes and then turn those mistakes into gifts. And so I've seen it in that context really become something that can be trained, something that can become a habit. Like we've said on a number of episodes before, what we're doing here is like we need to think about these skills and practice them on a day-to-day basis, even if they're in like little chunks. Yeah, And that's why we see like working out as, as such a powerful tool because you get to practice all this kind of stuff in like a low stakes way. And so I think resourcefulness is absolutely a habit and something that we can train. So in the next times you're seeing problems out there, whether they're big or small, I would challenge you to just like not think immediately how is this going to throw me off? How is this going to prevent me from getting to my goal? But rather, how is this going to make me just adjust a little bit? And how can it actually lead to be something that greater than I ever can imagine? Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. And that's a great lead in to this week's Go Get It Challenge. Oh! So the Go Get It Challenge for this week is the very next problem you run into, the very next obstacle constraint immediately want you to come up with three solutions to the problem. It could be outside of the box, it could be inside of the box, it could be creative, whatever it is, just get into the habit of problem, solution, problem, solution. Mm-hmm. And with that, no, oh, well, let me add, let me add on to that real oh, yeah, quick. Because I just wanna, as you think about that, go get a challenge of the week. Think about Hunter's story from the day with Airbnb. Because making cereal for these guys is so out of the box. It like makes, it's so out there. It makes no sense, okay? So when you're coming up with these potential solutions, like 
don't be afraid to throw out something that on the surface might seem crazy at first. Because I'm sure whenever they first said that idea of making Obama O's and Captain McCain's, yep. it sounded out absolutely absurd. Yep. But eventually they probably thought thought through and like, well, there's something here. So I think that we could also practice that this week in the, in, in the Go Get It Challenge. So when you're coming up with those ideas, don't be afraid to throw out some that make you go like, well, would that actually be a solution? <laughs> Who knows? Right on. Well, everybody, thank you again for joining us here on the Go Get It podcast. Awesome. Amazing to be with you here Amazing. in person, man. Amazing. Everybody, go get it. Go get it.